Hi, I'd like to welcome you to our show. I'm your host, Brang Medic. We're talking about life as a child of God and all things related to his kingdom. Thanks for joining us. If you're a new listener to the show, you can find articles and books and other resources on my website, www.prayingmedic.com. You can also connect with me on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Praying Medic. Now let's jump into this week's show. promotion happens in the most unexplainable ways. All of a sudden, you think you're just going about your business and then boom, a door opens. And what's really fun is sometimes when that door opens, you can bring some people along with you. Well, that's definitely the case for my guest, Praying Medic. Just recently, a huge door has been opened for him. And guess what? He's bringing a bunch of his friends along with him. So welcome to the show, Praying Medic. We're so happy to have you back and to hear about all these opportunities that are heading your way. Hey, Lisa, it is great to be back on the show. And I am excited to share what God is doing. Well, okay. So for those of you who don't know, Praying Medic was just interviewed on Sid Roth, It's Supernatural. And Sid Roth, It's Supernatural is a television show that talks about the wonderful things that God does in a supernatural way. And he interviews people who have seen angels or have been to heaven or have had experiences. So of course he would have Praying Medic on the show. And when he went to the show, he brought a bunch of people just to keep alongside. So why don't you kind of talk about like how that came about? Because it was people who actually opened that door, correct? It was my group of friends who actually opened the door for me to get on the show. It, the whole thing came about in a very strange way. First of all, when people go into, you know, ministry, quote unquote, when you get into a supernatural ministry, whether it's healing or deliverance or whether you're uh, leading people into the angelic realms. One of the things you want to do is to get on the Sid Roth show uh, because Sid has a huge audience, big reach all around the world. So if you can get an interview on Sid Roth, it helps build your platform. You have exposure to a lot more people. You sell more books. You sell more DVDs and, and CDs. It's kind of a big deal for people who are supernatural ministers. Well, because I have an anonymous profile... <laughs> And I don't do video, and I don't have my picture out there. When people started suggesting that I should try to get on the Sid Roth show, I was like, uh, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. I'm not interested <laughs> in doing TV or video. I just was not interested. So my wife, Denise, and I talked about it for a while, and, and she said, look, you know, if you want to reach a wider audience, you need to consider, at least pray about going on, on the show. So I had been praying for a while, and uh, what happened was a bunch of my friends turned me in to the Sid Roth producers. They wrote letters, and they emailed the producers on the show and said, hey, you need to get a hold of Praying Medic and see if you can get him on your show. So one day, one of the producers wrote to me on Facebook and said, okay, we got a bunch of requests from your friends asking if we would contact you and see if you'd be interested being on the show. So I said, well, no, uh, you know, thank you very much, but I, I'm really not all that interested. <laughs> so we started some conversations and Denise said, look, you need to, you need to really consider this. So then God gave me a dream. And in the dream, 
there was somebody from Sid Roth who was trying to write a story about me. And as they were writing this story, the words that they wrote disappeared. It was like they couldn't get the story written about me. And uh, so I, I asked the Lord about the dream, and he said, look, if Sid Roth, if those folks are going to do a story on you, you have to decide whether you want to do it or not. If you want to do it, I will open the door for you. If you don't want to do it, just let me know, and I'll close the door. So the Lord was basically telling me I needed to make a decision. He was leaving it up to me. So uh, I said, okay, you know what, let's just do this. It's, it's time. I had had another dream or two where the Lord showed me that if I continued to have an anonymous profile where I wouldn't reveal my picture, wouldn't do video, wouldn't do any of this stuff, it was going to limit the reach that I would have with my message. So I, re I reluctantly gave in and I wrote back to the producers and I said, okay, um, I will go through the process. So there's a little bit of a process to have a you have to fill out some forms and answer some questions and give your biographical information and tell them about when you got saved. So I submitted it, and they said, okay, yeah, we'd love to have you on the show. Um, that's kind of what happened, and then I announced to my friends that I was going to be on the show. Yes, and I, th I think that somehow, if I'm not mistaken, I think the first person who actually kind of found out, besides Denise, of course, but I, I think it was somebody on another internet radio show. I'm just trying to think. I think it was Touched by Prayer that you... <laughs> <laughs> because as soon as you it said was. it was because as soon as you said it and you told me i'm like oh i am so going and you were like Re really i'm like no yes you yes, were, you were the very you were the very first yep. person who said oh that's it i'm going down to north carolina i'm going to be there for the, for yep. the taping absolutely so we didn't we, we the, everything in this whole process got delayed we were supposed to originally schedule to tape the show in december right First week of December, and then it got moved to, to January, December seventeenth. Yeah, no, December seventeenth. Okay, and then it got moved to January. Right, and then it got moved to February. To February. So they kept moving the date. Yes, and I was telling people who were, in, you know, I, I announced it on Facebook. Yes, and a whole bunch of people said, "Oh my gosh, we're going to be we're there. coming." Yes. Yes. So then I gave dates and then we had to move the dates and then I gave another date and we had to move the dates. And I had to keep in contact with all these people saying, I I'm sorry, but yeah. <laughs> I'm moving the date again. So that was a little bit of a hassle, but it, it worked out okay. Oh, I, and I think uh, the people that were there were supposed to be there. Yes, absolutely. The people that were there were definitely supposed to be there. And a couple of people showed up unexpectedly who definitely needed to be there. Mm-hmm. Mitzi. Yes. And Scott, yes. Anna showed up. Yep. And late comers to the party. I only invited them the day before the taping. Actually, the night before the taping, because I was telling Sid, I went into the studio and they had me record a couple of CD messages. One of them was on Traveling in the Spirit. Sid and I were talking after I had recorded that message. And he said, the people that you were talking about in this message who had these traveling in the spirit experiences, I would be very interested in talking to them. I said, well, I can get them down here to the studio if you want. I mm -hmm. can just let them know. He goes, yeah, I'll have a tickets for them. Well, Mitzi had gotten one ticket and she wanted to get two so her husband could go along with her. And I said, yeah, the problem is they only got one ticket. He goes, I'll put them in the front row 
if they can, if they'd be willing to share some of their experiences of spiritual travel. So I sent Mitzi a Facebook message that night. Hey, if you want to be in the audience, get your butt down here. Right. They will put you in the front row. I had no idea if she was even going to read my message. Well, the next day morning I get up, there's, I didn't get any response from her. I go to the show. I'm in makeup. I'm getting, you know, dressed and I'm waiting for my, to do my taping. And then, you know, we had some technical difficulties. And yes. Lots was, of, lots of uh, technical difficulties. Lots of technical difficulties. Yes. And like they have never had before. Ever. And then Sid <laughs> says, Hey, what's the story on these people? Are they going to be able to show up or not? And I said, let me check my Facebook uh, thing. So I checked Facebook and Mitzi said, yes, we're coming from Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> they drove eight hours to get there. Mitzi had gotten my message and they left late that night and were driving all night to get down to North Carolina so that they could find a hotel and then be, uh, be in the audience. So they showed up and Mitzi shared some of her experiences. Mm-hmm. It, it was just a, a really amazing divinely ordained thing. And, and I didn't know how many people were going to show up. Uh, I, I knew Ginny and Paul. Right. And Karen uh, Robbins Arias would be there. Yeah. I knew you were going to be there. Yeah. Uh, but people came from all over. From Florida. Probably between mm-hmm. 25, from Florida, mm-hmm. probably between 25 and 30 of my Facebook friends showed up. We're in the audience. And then Rich Vera. Yes. Um, got to stand in and play Benny Hinn and have a little <laughs> healing service. Because the yeah. cameras went on a, the, ca- the cameras and the recording equipment went on a big glitch for and they forty five minutes. Forty five minutes. Oh, it man. was crazy. I, I was getting a little freaked out because I'm thinking, okay, we don't know how long this the technical difficulties are going to go on, and we may not even be able to tape my episode if they don't get this fixed. Correct. <laughs> No, that wasn't happening. No, we were, believe me, we were in the, we were praying. I was sitting next to Karen Dunham, who, who did the show earlier. And we were sitting next to each other when they said they were technical. You should have heard her, man. She was like praying, calling the angels. We were all praying in the spirit. Well, evidently there was a lot of angelic activity because I sent a message to a friend of mine who was in Kansas and he said, all I'm seeing is angels, angels yep. everywhere, angels coming and going and coming and going. I see angels bringing boxes and gifts to people, and I see angels taking stuff. Everyone who I contacted saw angels coming and going. So yeah. there must have been a lot of angelic activity. Absolutely. Well, we were calling. I mean, she was calling for angels. I was praying for and We were praying for everything. But <laughs> but the best, the best is because Rich Vera came down and he was like praying and he pulled, he pulled like Paul out of the audience and prayed for him. And... <laughs> And Paul's been having some was having some issues at the time, and told he was on the floor. So like people were on the floor, people were getting called out, and it was just this crazy Holy Ghost, you know, Benny Hinn slash, you know, <laughs> deliverance. <laughs> it was. I was in the green room watching this go on. Yeah. And because the signal was scrambled because the cameras were having problems, mm-hmm. I could only see little bits of it now and then. Mm-hmm. Most of the picture that they were showing us on the flat screen TV in the green room, we couldn't see much of it. But what I did see, I saw people laying on the floor. Oh, yeah, we were down. on the floor. Yep. Paul was on the floor. Yep. All these people are going down. I was like, oh, my gosh, what is going on up there? Well, I'm going to tell you that that, that weekend did – it was it was an incredible impartation that 
like I believe it changed people because I've spoken to different people and after everything left and we, we said our goodbyes, we didn't even realize what, what happened, but it was after there was almost like a, huh? Like we did, I, you just didn't know how to comprehend what you were feeling, but it was almost like I could have stayed in that place with all these people. Cause we were all sharing stories, praying over each other, speaking to each other, just doing all this stuff. And there was some things that was so tangible that it was like, this yeah. is what heaven's going to be like. And can I share something? Absolutely. Okay. So you know how you get around certain people? who um, have a, a certain anointing for whatever. Yes. And as soon as you get in their presence or shortly after they pray over you, you feel something shift. You feel something different. Okay. You feel the anointing or the glory. And you just have this tangible like, wow, that was crazy. What the heck was that? Okay. When people get around me, mm-hmm. I'm so low key that the effect that I have on people is not immediate. Okay. What I've heard people say is after they went home or after I would left and after they had time to reflect, they realized something happened, but it wasn't a major, it wasn't like it made a big impact on them at the time. Mm-hmm. It's only later when they realized, wow, something happened that weekend that oh, we were yeah. together. Yeah. It's like, it, it's a delayed effect. Not, not like the effect is delayed, but your realization that something happened is delayed. You don't realize it until later on. And I can't even explain what that thing is, but I've heard a number of people say, we got together with you this weekend. It was really cool. We didn't think anything big was happening. And then later on that week, we realized things started to shift in our life. Absolutely. Our minds started shifting. Our paradigms started shifting. And it was later that they realized it happened. Well, what's what's crazy is... After I left North Carolina, I prayed for a couple of people and they went to heaven. Like, seriously. (laughs) I knew, and I wanted to tell you you this. You killed people and they went to heaven? I did. (laughs) No, I prayed for them to get their spiritual language and they got their spiritual language, but then they went to heaven. But they translated to heaven. Wow, that's cool. Like, and not just one. Like, it was like, it's been, and so I've been in contact with Paul because, like, I, I didn't understand it. Because it was kind of like, huh, but it, it happened. Something happened in North Carolina, but it just didn't happen to me because I spoke to other people and they're like, something happened. So there's, there's something about that koinonia, that, that phrase that yeah. people like to use, but it's, it's so much more. Because I think that what happens is that it's a sharing and, and just like, you know, people share food. I think we were kind of sharing spiritual giftings and spiritual encounters. Well, and Yeah. I mean, the, after Sid, we had the dinner with Sid mm-hmm. and then Jenny and Paul were there at the restaurant and then you guys showed up mm-hmm. and Daphne was there. Right. And, and it was just, it was great that, mm-hmm. that hanging out at the table and eating and and, and talking. Mm-hmm. I love doing that stuff. And I'm so glad we got to do it the next night. Heck um, yeah. Two, two nights of hanging out and eating and drinking and talking. It was just, it was awesome. I, I've been telling people, look, I would rather than going to a conference, I would rather go to a place where we can sit on a big uh, couch, uh, big couch, that, that couch, <laughs> that big uh, pit yes. that was seated 24 people. That's like, right. That is my idea of a good time. Absolutely. Hang out, talk, pray, mm-hmm. prophesy, and no agenda and no just 
hanging out and talking and stuff. It was so it was so awesome. I love doing that. And you know, Denise and I are planning on having one of those down here in Phoenix. Yes. Where we where we just invite people to come down, hang out, talk, eat, whatever. And uh, we we love that kind of environment where it's not formal, it's not structured. I I actually kind of think that's what the first century church was like. I don't see in in the Gospels and in the Book of Acts them going into buildings and setting up speakers and having worship bands and you know I mean there's there's, there's anything wrong with that, but you know it kind of describes they went from house to house, they hung out, they ate food, they prayed for each other, you know, got prophetic words, and, and that's kind of what they did. Well, that's kind of what we do. Exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I love it. It's so much fun. And what was so cool is that everybody just, there was no awkwardness. Like, because a lot of no. people met through Facebook. Like, you didn't know anybody before Facebook that was there, correct? I didn't, hadn't met anybody in person. No. I had no. not met any of those people in no. person before we met there in North Carolina. Which, and, but there was no awkwardness. It was almost like, oh, no. our family's together. <laughs> it was a family reunion. It, it was, was like people knew each other, mm-hmm. but they had never met face to face. And, and see, that's, yeah. that's the whole thing. It's that when you are, like you said, your tribe, your peeps, your, you know, your posse, however you want to say it, when you are with the right people, there is something that tangibly changes in the atmosphere. There is. There is. Finding your tribe and finding the people that God has wanted you to be with, people who appreciate who you are, people who love and respect you, people who get, get you, they understand you. There is nothing better than being in, in a crowd of people where they get you and you understand them. And there's that mutual love back and forth. It's the greatest thing. Absolutely. It's like what it's going to be like in heaven, literally. That, and that's what I felt. I was like, this is what heaven's going to be like. It's not going to be boring. It's going to be filled with love. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you're going to have your place in heaven. I have, I have my little place up there. I've, I've been to it. It's, it's little. It's not very big. Okay. So when I go and party and hang out with my friends, I'm going to have to go to their place because <laughs> mine will always seat about six people. So now wait a second. But it says, it says my father has many mansions. So, so how come well, you got the shack? <laughs> mansions, mansions are dwelling places. Okay. Mine is small. Okay. But I haven't seen all of it. I just, I was, one night I had a dream and the Holy Spirit took me to it. Okay. And he showed me around. And the outstanding feature of my place was it was mostly made of wood. Okay. And the joints in the windowsills and all the cabinetry and everything, the, the workmanship and the, and the craftsmanship of building this thing was unbelievable. You couldn't even see the lines in the miter joints where the wood, where wood at one angle met another one. Uh-huh. It was seamless. It was so beautiful. And not a lot of people know this, but I was a woodworker. Ah. Uh, I did a lot of woodworking years ago. And I kind of got out of it because of respiratory problems. And I was having uh, problems with my eyes. I was getting a lot of dust in my eyes and I was getting corneal abrasions. And I didn't want to mess with that anymore. So I gave up woodworking. But my little place in heaven has really beautiful, intricate woodwork all over the inside of it. It's not a very big place, at least the place that I saw. Now, there may be something that I didn't see that is huge, like Mm -hmm. a big meeting room. I, I don't know. Everybody's house in heaven is different. Yes, I no do No two know of that. them are alike. Mm-hmm. Your DNA, your spiritual DNA 
is the stuff that your house is made from. Wow. So when you go into your house in heaven, you immediately recognize it as, wow, this is my home. Mm. This is like so comfortable and it's like the place I, I really want to be. But yeah, like when we go to heaven and you can go there anytime you want. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, there, I have found that out. <laughs> yeah, we, we're, we get to hang out with our friends and our pals, we get to meet new people and, mm-hmm. and have dinner and party and whatever. That is, do. That is so that. fun. Yeah, that's. That's what heaven's like, and it was just like that in North Carolina. And that and that was the whole thing. It's like even at Sid Roth, I mean, you know, being – because when you really think about it, I mean, you were on Sid Roth, and, and not it's not to take that, you know, oh, my goodness, but, but there is something about that elevation because you know that as soon as that show airs, that it is going to open up so many more doors, and it's going to change things. So when you took that – that chance, you were really opening yourself up because you were not going to be anonymous anymore. People were going to be like, oh my gosh, hey, I know that guy. Yeah, <laughs> He's praying magic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be interesting at work. Okay. Some people that I'm going to run into are obviously are going to see the show. Okay. And they're going to look at me and go, oh, wait a minute. You're that guy that was on the show. That is so funny. So, I'm going to have to figure out how to deal with that. I haven't had to deal with that yet. I've been anonymous and nobody knows anything about what I do. And Mm -hmm. now that that is going to change. And I'm not sure how I'm going to deal with that, but I'll I'll, I'll figure something out. Well, I'm sure that God is going to give you the grace and he is, he's putting you into a place where you're going to be known and he's given you such great favor, such great favor. The fact that like the show not only once it finally started to tape, but it was it was so easy and you were so comfortable behind it. It was like that's where you're supposed to be because there were there were people who were watching it that that were just there was such an ease with your presence and how you just handled everything. There was nothing that made you you would never believe that you were never behind a camera before. Or I mean in front uh, of the camera. I would yeah. like to say, yeah, I would like to say that I was nervous and uncomfortable, but I wasn't. No. It felt very comfortable. Yeah. It felt very, very normal for mm-hmm. me almost. Mm-hmm. Which is strange because I, I have never done TV before. But I felt literally like no stress. I felt like I could have switched places with Sid. Which some and, people and did see. <laughs> some of that comes because I have that history in radio and podcasting. Mm-hmm. And I like to interview people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it felt very normal for me to be doing that. Yeah. And and it was it was very strange. evident. So when people see it, they're going to see a side of you because there was such confidence and and it wasn't it it, it just it wasn't a um a cockiness. It was just like you knew that you were doing exactly what you were supposed to do. And I I just think that it's it was so cool to to be doing something like that and to have your friends to to be sitting there and supporting you and being a part of it and and to yeah. to, to then afterwards to go and hang out with them it was like the best of both worlds it was the best of both worlds I, I learned so much from Sid Sid is a really good mentor he taught me a lot of different things he gave me some suggestions about producing my own TV show there you go. <laughs> And some other things, getting a mobile app on my website and Mm -hmm. some suggestions about publishing books. And he gave me a lot of very good, very practical suggestions. Well, I believe you're going to go back. I do believe you're going back. Well, they say that nobody goes on Sid Roth once. 
Yes. They, we've already talked about coming back for a second, Joe. He has given me a lot of things to think about, things that I, I want to do. I, I do want to create a mobile app for my website. Um, I had not really given my, that much thought, but Sid explained how his mobile app for his website works. And he really encouraged me to, to do the same thing for mine. I, I like being around him. He's a very easy guy to talk to. I was surprised. Very, very down to earth, very kind of an average guy. Well, and, uh, but he, but he's seen, he has seen so many things and he has met so many different people. I mean, if you, if you think about it, he's kind of interviewed the who's who of, of conferences, <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. and, and yeah. so you thinking, oh my gosh, this guy like, you know, interviewed Heidi Baker or Bill Johnson or, you know, James Gall, but you know, there, there really was a lot of opposition like even getting like getting you to the show and and just everything like if, if you could have you know made a list of things to to go wrong the the number of strange things that happened were was very bizarre like we were flying we flew from Phoenix direct flight into Charlotte weather was great all the way there until we got within about 45 minutes of landing and then we hit turbulence and I guess the sky opened up and it rained like crazy and there was high wind <laughs> just as our plane is coming yeah. in. So we have to circle and I'm thinking, oh, this is great. We're going to be delayed. And I had to get into the studio. They they booked my flight early that morning so I could get to the studio in time to record a couple of audio messages. We were going to have an hour or two at the hotel before we had to go to the studio. Well, that didn't work out because we got delayed. So literally the limo driver picked us up at the airport us to the hotel, Denise and I dropped our bag and I ran off to the studio. I was at the hotel 10 minutes and boom, I had to go to the studio uh, and then get the recording done. And then there was just a lot of strange things trying to work against us. Right. Denise being the good wife says, let me go and unpack and get everything uh, ready. And she's such a good wife. And she realized that you forgot your pants. <laughs> I forgot my pants. You forgot and your pants. That was, that was not the enemy opposition that was just me being a knucklehead oh um <laughs> but it was but you know what it but it was so great because there there was well the cool part was you happened to be with you were daphne yeah i was with daphne yep oh my gosh yep. it was great Best because timing in the world well that see that was the fun part of it like once all that started to happen i was like oh boy it, this is gonna be a fun couple days because we happened, she, she needed to get to a mall to go get you a new pair of pants. And we were happened to be at the mall that she wanted to get to. So we just left. And my friend who lives in Charlotte, she said there's a better mall, which, is, which they'll probably have a better selection. So we took her to that mall. But it was just, it was so many different things that just kind of happened. There were lots of, of different things. And, and like there was... Some, I forgot my razor. Yeah. So. And so I had to... The other thing is we overslept that morning. Oh. Go, her alarm didn't go off. She had set it for, I think, 8 a.m. And somehow the phone switched to p.m. Oh. So it didn't go off. Okay. So we woke up and literally had about a half hour before the limo driver was going to pick us up and go. I had to shower and shave. She had to shower. She had to dry her hair. Uh, I didn't have a razor. I had to run down to the lobby in the hotel, get one of those cheap disposable razors, which ripped my neck open because right. it was so junky. And then I tried to put my white shirt on. I got blood all over the collar. And it was just, ugh, it was a nightmare. And then you get to the studio and, and the cameras aren't working. And the cameras aren't working. Cameras aren't for 45 minutes. 
They were uh, like, this is the yeah. longest. This is the longest. It, it, you know, the funny thing is everything leading up to this was stressful. Mm-hmm. Once I got on set and Sid and I were talking, there was no stress at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like, yeah. okay, cool. This is what I've been waiting for. But, you know, that's, yeah. that shows that there's something. When, I, when, there's, when you start to feel that pushback, you know that there's something. There's something that was changing. There was, <laughs> there was something that was in the atmosphere. I mean, even even like going out to to, to dinner afterwards. Okay, I was supposed to. We were going to come straight to the to the restaurant, but we needed to go and get like gas because we needed to go get gas. But you know, it's okay. So I was like, all right, and I'm like. You know, me, I'm like, I want to get to the restaurant. So when I got there, every like all the seats were taken with you guys. And I'm now sitting with, with people that I don't know. And I actually sat with Mitzi and Scott, which was so, uh-huh. yeah. See, daddy always has things worked out. And, and, you know, just hanging out with them for such a short time started a conversation, which, which leads into other conversations. And, and there were, everything was so perfectly planned and perfectly aligned, which you thought was a mistake was actually a setup. Usually is. Yeah. And I think that was, that was a whole thing that I started to, to started to see like on my way back, as I was driving back to New Jersey from North Carolina I was like rehashing all the stuff that happened because there were so many things that were so set up. They were so set up. Even the leaving the pants, I got a chance to spend some time with Denise, which was right. so great because I really kind of got which, a chance. Which to talk. wouldn't have happened if you didn't have to come over to the hotel and Correct. pick her up and go shopping with her. So. Correct. Because it takes a village to to raise a praying medic. <laughs> It does take a village. <laughs> and I think that's the, that's the fun part about having a tribe. Because in the tribe, everybody has like a little part to do. And it was Paul who called me because Denise didn't have my number. You have my number. That's the fun part of having a tribe is mm-hmm. everybody contributes a little bit to right. what the group is doing. And I, I, there's no way I would want to do this on my own. It wouldn't be any fun. And wherever I go, whatever I do, I'm always going to take my tribe with me. They are my portable support group, and they are going with me wherever I go and whatever I do. There just is no point in doing it without without my, my group of people who love me, pray for me, support me, and bail me out when I get in trouble. Um, I, I, think, I think one of the reasons why there are a lot of ministers who get into trouble and hot water, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't. I mean, I literally seem to avoid almost all the problems that a lot of people have is because I have this amazing group of people who are friends and I know that they're praying for me and I know that I can count on them to get things done and to connect with people. And it's almost like the more I lean on my friends, the, the less likely I am to run into troubles. Well, I mean, think about what Jesus did. I mean, he had his apostles. I mean, he was Jesus, <laughs> but he had a posse. Right. Like he had right. people with him that did. And then there were certain people who he took for certain things, but he still had his apostles. And, and then after Jesus went, then there was the apostles who then had their posse. And everybody right. had somebody. Because I think when you're by yourself, you become a target and you become vulnerable. You do become vulnerable. And I, I really believe in strength in numbers. I know that I'm kept safe and secure by God, primarily through the relationships that I have with my friends. 
Well, and those relationships, like if you really think about it, if you if you try to sit back and say, how did these things even start? You have to know it was divinely orchestrated. There's just no way. Like people are living in different states. You wouldn't, if it weren't for Facebook, <laughs> like you wouldn't, but they're your tribe, which is so, it's it's such a different mentality that we have. And we're we're actually so blessed that God is able to pull us together and to bring people into we, we think alike we're 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 going on the same path we have the same ideas like there there is no division where it's a unity and i think that's where the strength is coming from the strength is in the unity and i know that that is something god is emphasizing a lot more as time go, moves forward is he doesn't want his people at odds with each other uh, and divided and separated into camps. He wants unity. And what we're doing is, I think, an example of what he wants to do on a very large scale. I agree. Which is, I mean, we, we all have slightly different views and different experiences and different perspectives, you know, theologically and whatever, but none of that stuff really matters. When we get together, it's all about getting together, hanging out, and uh, enjoying each other's company and talking about what God is doing. Right. And I think that is what God wants to do on a large scale. And so it's just starting um, in, in Facebook with like these groups, with, with these little discussions. What's, what is also interesting is as you start to show stuff of other people, now other people are starting to say, hey, this person keeps saying, let me, let me check them out. So it actually helps to broaden the, the, the reach. That's by design. Mm-hmm. I post a lot of different on a lot of different subjects on Facebook mm-hmm. because I'm trying to draw my circle of friends out of their little caves out into the open so that other people who are my friends can get to know people they don't know and they go oh I like that comment ooh I feel the same way I had the same experience and then pretty soon they have their own little rabbit trail going on and they become friends and then they private message <laughs> right you know I I like to introduce people to people that they don't know, but people who are like-minded. Um, that's kind of my, one of my gifts is my personality type is uh, ESFJ uh, and the Myers-Briggs scale, which some people call the guardian provider. Okay. And the guardian provider, the, the hallmark of that personality type is they're kind of the master of ceremonies and okay. the host of the party. They go around and they make sure if people are mingling and everyone's drink is full and do you have enough appetizers and, oh, is the air conditioning too cool? We'll turn that down. And, you know, oh, you should meet these people here. You'd like them and you should go over here. (laughs) So the hostess with the mostess. That is my personality type. I'm I'm a maven. Yes, I agree with that. And I I know a lot of people and I like to introduce people to each other. Yes. So that's kind of how I run my Facebook page. Yes. And And I think that the way that you run your Facebook page like I've been able to to meet and to have different people that you are friends with on my show, either through you saying, hey, check this person out or just starting to see what they're what they're about through you. And it, it, it's been this like exchange. And that I think that's like the, the fun part, because there's as you start to to promote people and start to encourage other people to to show their stuff, there's something that kind of comes from inside because you get excited for them. There isn't a, it's not a jealousy. I, I you get do. Really and a lot of people scratch their heads and they go, I don't understand. A lot. When I promote somebody else's like 
blog post or right. their whatever, a lot of people don't understand what that's all about. And they forget that I did not write that. I have a lot of people who say, oh, oh, PM, that was great. Right. Oh, paramedic, I love that. You know what you wrote. And I'm like, I didn't write that. Right? That Did you look? Somebody else. <laughs> right. That was my friend. Uh-huh. And the people kind of are on Facebook are so used to people only posting their own material, mm. only sharing their own thoughts and ideas, their own dreams, their own blog posts. It's like a lot of people don't share anything from anyone else except you know what's theirs. And uh, most of the stuff that I share comes from somewhere else. Right. Like probably 70% of the stuff I share comes from somewhere else and 30% is my own stuff. Right. But once you've been around on my page for a while, you realize I I love to promote other people's stuff. That's kind of my thing because God is speaking through all of us Mm -hmm. in different ways about different things. And if you are only posting your own content and your own material, it becomes a very sterile background and there isn't much, uh, there's no cross-pollination, and there's no sh- sharing of ideas. So I just love to find, I'm, I'm blessed because I, I'm, I'm friends with probably 40 or 50 people who are all writers, mm-hmm. and they're all good writers, mm-hmm. and they have blogs. So I love sharing other people's blog posts. You know, I, I love to promote what God is saying and doing through other people. I, you know, a little bit of mine, but but mostly what other people are doing. And I think that that mentality is so important right now because it also, by you sharing other people's stuff, you're encouraging that person. Oh my goodness, if Praying Medic is saying that he's putting it on his, that might encourage them to continue writing. I'm, I'm very aware that when I share somebody else's stuff on my page, that, that is a huge encouragement to them. That's part of the reason why I do it because the Lord has been asking me to encourage and mentor other writers over the last year and a half or two years. So I have a writer's group on Facebook, and I, I spend an enormous amount of time moderating and commenting on and sharing ideas with people in the writer's group because I want to encourage people to write their own books, write their own blog posts, develop their own websites, develop a platform, because God has a lot of people he wants to speak through. And so I'm doing what I can to promote those people. but. Just sharing one of their blog posts, I know, is a huge encouragement to them because they think, oh, wow, Pragmatic shared this. Maybe that's really good. Maybe I should write another blog post. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, yes, you should keep writing. You're really good at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. People need to hear this. Part of the sharing of other people's stuff is that I want to encourage my friends to pursue and develop the gifts that God has put inside them. Well, you know, the whole thing is that every person has a certain uh, amount of influence that they have. And if they don't get to use that influence in the people that they have, those people might not get to see like the things inside of them. So I feel like, like every person has these like gifting. So if it's in writing or if it's in blogging or, or painting, those are the gifts that God has used so that you can start to influence the people around you. But if somebody doesn't encourage it, it's going to stop it. And the enemy just likes to use other people to stop it. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. God has given everybody a sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. He's given us all gifts and talents. He's given us all a message or, or, or three or four. And he wants us to use the talents and the gifts to create and communicate the message to the people in our sphere of influence. Some people's spheres of influence are very small and some are large. 
but everybody needs to tap into the gift and the message and create it and use it. So I like to share people's art or their music or their writing or whatever it is that they're doing. I love seeing the creativity of God come out through his kids, and I love promoting that and encouraging people to express the gift in them. Well, I think some people get so afraid of promoting somebody else because they think that they're going to get lost. And the Lord said to me, he said, Lisa, what I've created you to do, only you can do. He said, and what I've created, you know, praying medic to do, only he can do it because it's specifically designed and tailored just for you. So we don't need to worry that God's going to say, oh my gosh, that person is so much smarter or that one's so much more talented. Okay. I'm going to give them what I've said I'm going to give you. Daddy doesn't work that way. And I think that the, the world does. I mean, even in families, there are kids who constantly compete against each other. In the kingdom, right. there is no competition. Everybody is equally treasured and equally valued. Equally treasured, equally valued. And there is no competition in the kingdom. In the world, people think in terms of, I look at the, at the business community as a pie, and what I need to do is you slice the pie into a bunch of little pieces and you think, this is my slice of the pie. If I promote somebody else and they are going to get a larger slice of the pie, that means my slice of the pie is going to get smaller. That's what they think. Yeah. But in the kingdom, because there is no lack of anything, mm-hmm. it is an infinitely expandable pie. So if I promote Jeremy Mangersheen, or Jesse Berkey, or Ginny Wilcox, or Michael Van Vleiman. Mm-hmm. Michael and I write all the same subjects, but I love promoting his books because I know that if I promote Michael and Michael's book sales go up, it doesn't mean my book sales are going to go down. God can expand the, the pie to accommodate whatever he wants to. So it doesn't mean that if I promote somebody else's stuff that I'm going to lose out a sale that, that I could have had. It's, it doesn't work that way. God is able to bless people infinitely, and he's able to bring in infinite increase. So there's no reason for us to think that we're competing against each other. We're not competing against each other. But you also have a different view of the same topic. Your, the way that you write it is going to be different because it's going to be how you see it. And the way that he writes it is going to be how he sees it. So what happens if you get both books, you're going to get different perspectives. It's going to make you think differently. It's going to expand your thought processes. If everybody wrote the same, it would be a very boring place. It so would I, be a very boring place. And nobody has all the revelation. Right. You know, I was talking to Jeremy and he's talking about maybe writing a book on, on visions. And I said, dude, you should absolutely write that book because the last book on this subject has not yet been written. Michael wrote a really good one, and I wrote one. But there is a lot to say on the subject of seeing in the Spirit and seeing visions that has not yet been written. So I would encourage anyone who has some good revelation and is a good teacher to write a book even though there's already 10 or 15 books on that subject, it doesn't matter. Write your book because you probably have a perspective, some experiences, and some revelation that the body of Christ needs to have. And, it, and it's different because each experience yeah. that people have with God is different. Nobody has the exact same experiences. There might be some similarities, but it's always going to be different. Right. Because he's not a cookie-cutter kind of God. He's not. And everybody relates things differently. Some people receive, like some people can receive revelation from me 
and they can't receive the same revelation from Michael Van Vleiman and vice versa. And some people can listen to Todd Bentley all day long, but they can't listen to Ian Clayton. Or some people can listen to Ian Clayton, but they can't listen to Justin Abraham. God has different people speaking similar messages, different messages, but similar, couched in a different language, different experiences, because we're, we're all different. We all have different preferences. So I have my favorite teachers, and you have your favorite teachers. And um, they're not the same thing because we're just different. Right. Uh, and I, I think that's the cool part is that if, if we can start doing everything in a unified fashion, then we're going to actually, we can also start to see somebody else's perspective in something, which might actually open up something that could have been blocked or locked inside of us. Because I also think sometimes if you have bad theology, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to not so much welcome new so, but if you're always open to stuff, you're always going to be able to weed out what well, like this, but I don't agree with that. Or maybe I kind of like this, but it's going to, it's going to keep you open. And I think that as we don't put God into the box and we always, I guess, allow him to be open, that we're going to start to see things in a different perspective. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the more we allow God to be who he is, do what he wants to do without putting restrictions on it, it gives him the ability to do greater things. And it gives us the ability to witness, experience greater things. And, you know, by promoting other people and, and, or just bringing them along with us, you know, um, I, I was kind of saying before we started the show, I was saying that I, I keep seeing a barrel full of monkeys. And if you've never seen a barrel full of monkeys, they were these plastic monkeys that were in a barrel and they all had these big arms and you would just scoop up and you would just see how many monkeys you can get on that chain. And I, <laughs> and I think that that barrel full of monkeys is just what God is trying to do. It's like, as he's going to start pulling people up, other people are going to latch on. You're going to grab on, they're going to grab onto your feet or grab onto your arm. And you're just, they're going to start pulling them up because every person has a part to play. And it's about building the kingdom. And I think that's the cool part. So as we open the door to let our friends come through, it's also fun to be with your friends as things start to get more exciting too. There is an interesting revelation that God gave me about the Sid Roth show. Um, He's given me a number of dreams showing me that the traffic to my website is going to increase Mm -hmm. and that there are going to be some people who will show up on my website and start leaving comments with links to their websites only because they want to kind of ride the coattails of the popularity of the website as it grows. And as more people show up and more people are reading the the messages and reading the comments, some people are going to show up just to get more exposure to their website by leaving comments. Well, I've actually already seen some of that happening. (laughs) And in any time somebody develops a little bit bigger platform, or God opens a door and, and he's given them favor in, in new areas. There are people who want to go along for the ride simply because they want to be part of what's popular or they want more exposure for themselves. And then there are people like you and Paul and Ginny and Karen who are actually my friends. You guys are the ones who actually opened the door for me. Because if my friends wouldn't have written to Sid Roth, I would never have been on the show because mm-hmm. I never would have done it myself. Mm-hmm. But my friends opened the door for me. And now that the door has been opened, I'm holding the door open so they can come in with me. It's so cool when you get to take your friends along with you for the ride. Hey, think about entourage, right? I know. <laughs> You're just going to have a great big entourage. And that's, 
think about it. You know, Jenny could bring the cookies. <laughs> you know, we'll have we'll have some Holy Spirit meetings. I mean, you know, everybody will be blasted. And it's what's so what's so great is that it's really truly about promoting the kingdom. Like that's all of it our is. hearts. Yeah. And I think that's the cool part. So I see that as the door is being open and as you're walking in and you're bringing all these people with you, it's just an expansion of the kingdom. It is an expansion of the kingdom, and that's what I'm all about. Everything that I do, I want to just expand and take more territory for the kingdom. So now what is the next book that you're working on? Because I feel that there's a book. <laughs> working on two books Okay. Uh, that are about halfway done. Okay. Uh, traveling in the Spirit Made Simple, mm-hmm. and Bogren. Yes. So I have unfortunately put those on hold. Okay. Because over the last three weeks, I've been spending almost all my time developing some online classes. Whoa. Now that is going to be very fun. It's a lot of fun, but it is a, a ton of work. Yes. And it's a huge learning curve for me because I'm having to learn how to use some new software mm-hmm. and how to implement it on my website and how to troubleshoot all the parts of it that do not play well with my software on my website. I've had all kinds of technical problems that I've had to deal with people in tech support to get things to work the way they're supposed to work. Oh, trust me. But, I've, I've had my share of, uh, of tech problems in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I went through a software engineering class okay. in the last couple of weeks. But I'm going to be putting up on my website some video-based classes, a class on healing, a class on seeing the spirit. There'll be a class on emotional healing. Okay. There's going to be a class on traveling in the spirit. So basically all the subjects that I've been writing about in my books, I'm going to create online classes. That is the next thing that's coming down the road. I am burning the midnight oil. So God has given you more time. So that you can... <laughs> he has. He's, well, that's the thing, because I thought it was going to be showing airing in March. Yes. And Donna said, no, probably going to be April. And I'm okay. like, yay, I get more yes. time to put my classes together. That's right. Because it's <laughs> so. going to be such an influx of, of people from all over the world. Because his show probably. broadcasts yeah. all over the world. Oh, it does. It broadcasts in hundreds of countries. So they also uh, they also do translations? Do they, so do, is, yes, is there going to be do. like the, the Pakistani <laughs> praying medic? They, okay. they do Hebrew, and I don't know what even all the languages they translate it into, but it is translated into a yes. lot of languages. And I'm sure Spanish. I'm sure that's a very big yeah. one too, because it's, uh, yep. but that's going to be, that's going to be very cool. So as, as God is opening these doors and you're taking all these people with you, it is just going to be, it's going to, first of all, it's a very big door that's being open because there's a lot of people you're taking with you. It's almost like you have like a checklist. It's like, yes, they're coming. Yes, they're coming. Yep, they're coming. <laughs> yep, that one too. You know, so it's a very, very big door. But what's so, what's going to be so cool is that there is going to become such a, um, something's going to fire up inside of you that's going to to give you like the now it's there, there's going to be almost like an immediate um, wanting to get everything done immediately. And, and it's just going to be like, okay, let's do this because I think there's been such a hesitancy, you know, like when you start hearing ministry, 
I don't know if you're like me, but people say, oh, your ministry. I'm like, oh, don't say that. It's yeah, just a I, show. I, yeah, no, it, it brings out the ugly in me when it people does. say, you know, oh, you're a minister of the yeah. gospel. Your ministry. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't understand something. I'm a paramedic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's, that's no one's it. ever called that a ministry. Yes, but but that's really what it is. And I just think that this whole thing, this whole <clears throat> shift that you're just about to to embark on is it's going to be pretty cool because I, I just feel like it's going to be the way that you always envisioned it. It's not going to be well, the typical rules and regulations the Lord, of everybody else. Yeah, the Lord has given me in the last couple of days, he has crystallized in my mind what it is that he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. And I should have seen it years ago, but I didn't. It, it's one of those things where it was as obvious as the nose on my face, uh-huh. but because it was my nose on my face, I couldn't see it. Of course. Everybody else could, but I couldn't see it. And that is everything that I've been doing over the last 20 years has led to where he's taking me now. I agree. So 15 or 20 years ago, I was heavily involved in teaching classes for a hospital, and I was teaching advanced cardiac life support and trauma life support. I was teaching pediatric classes. I did a lot of work as a field training officer, and during that time of my life when I was teaching, I was in my comfort zone. I loved teaching. So I got my feet wet in the teaching and mentoring aspect of life, but as I learned about healing and learned about seeing visions in the supernatural, I didn't transition into one-on-one teaching and mentoring much. I didn't have much opportunity to teach. I wasn't going on the conference tour. I wasn't going to churches and doing that. I was primarily teaching through books and through blog posts. But what the Lord has shown me this week is, He said, look, imagine yourself doing teaching and training and mentoring on the supernatural. And I thought, wow, that is something I could do the rest of my life. And I told Denise this a year ago. I said, if I could ever have uh, a job where I would just do teaching and training and equipping people on the supernatural, it would be my dream job. Well, the Lord is setting me up with my dream job. What I'm going to be doing in the next six months, hopefully, is transitioning out of my job as a paramedic into a job where I'm just doing mostly teaching and training and mentoring people in the supernatural. The time and energy I'm going to be spending in the next like, two or three months is all going to be focused on getting some classes up and running, recording a lot of video, setting up some webinars, setting up a way to do conference calls and, and coaching. That's where my future is is headed. Well, it's an exciting future, especially <laughs> for the people who get to to be a part of it. And more importantly, those who are going to um, you know be trained. There's so much that um, that's just not being taught. And, and I think like the emotional healing, when you do that class, I think that's going to really stretch people. Uh, this is how amazing Jesus is. Two nights ago, I posted a quick little status update about emotional healing. Mm-hmm. My prayer for you is not that you would avoid pain and suffering in your life, but that when you suffer, when you feel pain and suffering, you would quickly give it to Jesus. Well, this woman left a comment on that status update about 20 minutes after I posted it. And she said, oh my God, I can't believe this. It's gone. It's Mm -hmm. gone. Mm -hmm. All this emotional pain that I've been suffering with, it's gone. Jesus took it from me. She literally did exactly what I said. I said, give 
your pain and your emotions to Jesus. So she did that, not really knowing what she was doing. And he took the pain and the emotions and he healed her heart. And she got completely free of this uh, emotional burden that she'd been carrying around. That is so cool. That is it is so, so easy cool. to do. Mm-hmm. And so the, the course that I have uh, that I'm going to set up, you know, the book that I wrote on emotional healing, it, it's, it's like three blog posts. You could mm-hmm. read the entire book in like 20 minutes. Right. It's not, it's not theologically deep. Uh, most of it is me sharing my, uh, my testimony of healing and then a testimony of the woman that I prayed for in the ambulance, and she got emotionally healed. And then I talk a little bit about fragments and altars. And which is, you don't even need to know about to, to get people healed or to be healed. You don't need to know that information, but it is helpful for some people. And then there's this little short prayer process. Wow. People have made this thing really difficult and they've made it like jumping through a lot of hoops. There's no need to jump through hoops. It's not difficult. It's very simple. I mean, once I saw in, in the scriptures, he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. I was like, wow, that's it. It's that simple. He bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Give it to He's Jesus. taken our emotional wounds. Mm. So then we need to just let him heal our, our soul and take the emotions and the griefs and the sorrows away. And it's literally that easy. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about creating some classes where I do more demonstration, where I actually show people how this works working with actual people, getting them healed, and, and interviewing them, and, and letting people see firsthand how it works. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Well, I think it's going to be great, and I'm really excited to see what God is doing and how he's just doing it, and I'm just super excited about Sid Roth, and more importantly, I'm more excited about the, the videos and the online training. So <laughs> if you guys are interested in, in going to – now is 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 – like being posted somewhere on Praying Medic? Go to prayingmedic.com okay. and sign up or my email list. And when the classes become available, I will send out an email to everyone letting them know these are the classes, this is where you find them. They will all be built into landing pages on my website. Perfect. I'm going to add another tab that will have classes on it. And if you go to the tab of classes and just there'll be a drop-down menu for uh, physical healing, emotional healing, in the spirit, traveling in the spirit. You can just pick the classes that you want and go to those pages and get the information about the class. And if you want to roll and sign up, you can sign up. That is awesome. Um, that, that'll be coming out. I'm working on all of that right now. Well, that's very exciting. So if you guys want to go and check out Praying Medic, go to prayingmedic.com and you can find all of his resources, all his books. You can find his blogs and his posts. You might even get to see how much he loves bacon. I don't know if it's on his website, <laughs> but I think it should be because everybody loves bacon. And I think that uh, having bacon on your website is also fun. <laughs> I'll have to find a way to put bacon on my website somewhere. <laughs> I think you. somebody sent you like, um, what are those emojis, you know, and it says what they stood yeah. for and it was bacon. So yeah. I thought that was very fun. Well, this has been, this has been so much fun. And this is just, I just love talking to you. And it, it's just always so much fun to share all the great things that, that daddy's doing in your life. And more importantly, just to, uh, to catch up. It was great talking to you. Well, folks, that is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for dropping by. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't been to my website, you might drop by and check out the articles I have there. If you have any questions or comments about this show, 
You can contact me at admin at prayingmedic.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at prayingmedic.com. You can also contact me on Facebook and Twitter. I'd like to thank you again for dropping by. I hope you enjoyed the show.